My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Hello. How's your summer going? Are you on a road trip? Are you recovering from a big party in the sun? Or are you just taking a quiet walk? Whatever the case is, you are listening to a special summer series of the TDA podcast. Now, the whole idea here is that every day we're going to throw back to a different episode from last year. We've sat down and chosen some of the most listened to stories of 2022. But we've also thrown in some of the stories that may have gotten left behind in the news cycle. And we think they warrant a bit of an update. Why Your Energy Bill Is Going Up. This was one of our most listened to episodes of last year, and I think that says a lot just in itself. It was a damn expensive year. And we put out this episode in early June, around the time that some states were seriously contemplating the risk of blackouts due to power shortages. The southeast of the country was also experiencing a particularly shivering start to winter. I think that now we've been living with this issue for a while. It's really interesting to go back to where things started as a reminder of why our energy bills are higher as we head into 2023. For today's Deep Dive, I am joined by TDA journalist Tom Crowley. And Tom, what are we talking about today? We're talking about gas, Zara. It's been a rather dramatic week in the Australian gas market. And we're going to have a look at the the problem that's been unfolding and, and what we might be able to do about it. Okay, so for people that aren't across what's happening, because it it can seem like this stuff kind of exists at a policy level and takes a bit of time to trickle down to the everyday person, can you just explain what the problem is in very simple terms? I can. So gas, which we use in many houses at least for stoves and for hot water and which a lot of businesses use for a range of different purposes, is quite expensive at the moment, particularly in Victoria. So this is kind of like the eye-catching headline number. So as people who pay their own gas bills will be familiar with, the the price of gas for sort of a normal household usage, maybe say like a gigajoule, which is about what a household would use in, in two weeks, that's normally about $10. Last Tuesday in Victoria, that went up to $800, which is obviously a fairly significant jump. Now, that didn't actually end up kind of materialising. That's the price that they call it the shadow price. That's what would have happened if the Australian energy regulator, the government sort of, you know, regulator of the energy market hadn't stepped in and capped it at $40. So that's much less dramatic than $800, but it's still quite large. It's four times higher than it normally is, particularly expensive, especially for for businesses who use a lot of gas. For most sort of individuals using heaters in their homes, it it probably won't have sort of flowed through to you quite so immediately. I guess, like you say, Zara, that there is a little bit of a delay in the way these things filter through. Most people are on fixed contracts when it comes to their gas bills. So you wouldn't actually have experienced this spike unless you were on a variable contract in, in the last week or so. But it's still, you know, pretty significant. And I think what is maybe the most interesting thing about this problem is that it's a bit of a sign of things to come. We know that in general, power prices are expected to increase over the coming months. And we think for a number of reasons that we're going to start getting more problems like this. 
Okay, so talk me through what it is that is actually causing prices to spike because we've heard the government say a fair bit about it. I mean, we've had an election, so there's been a changing government. What is, A, the actual origin of this problem and, B, what can the government actually do to kind of stifle these rising prices? Yeah, so let me start with the cause because there are a few of them. Firstly, there's a global problem, right? And the global problem comes back to, as so many global problems at the moment do, to the situation in Russia and Ukraine. Russia is a significant provider of gas to a lot of parts of the world, and in particular to Europe. And so sanctions, where, you know, European kind of allies of Ukraine are trying to buy less Russian gas, that's meant that they're trying to buy that gas elsewhere, including from Australia, which exports from Queensland in particular a a large amount of gas. And it means basically around the world that the remaining gas has become a lot more valuable. And so that's pushing the price up. And it's also meaning that, you know, Australian exporters, they're getting a lot of money for, for selling their gas overseas. And so that's that's sort of, you know, Australia has historically had a lot of gas and that's one of the reasons why Australia tends to export gas to the rest of the world. So that's creating some problems both with price and supply at home. Add into that fact, the fact that we're actually starting to kind of run out of our local reserves of, of gas here in Australia, particularly in Victoria. Victoria is a state that's always had a lot of gas reserves. But despite kind of warnings that we're starting to run low on that over the last kind of decades, very little has been done to either shift our reliance off gas or to kind of change, you know, the amount that we export. So that's another part of the problem. Then you add into the problem that we're actually asking gas to do a lot in our energy market at the moment. I mentioned before we use it for our stoves and we use it for hot water, but gas is also a backup source for all kinds of electricity, even, you know, kind of switching lights on. It gets used in the national electricity market as a backup when the other sources of electricity don't work. For example, coal. And coal's been having a very bad year, sort of ageing, ailing coal infrastructure that's been offline for several months of this year has basically led to kind of a situation where I think it's about a quarter of coal plants that have been offline pretty much all year. That means we're we're needing a lot more gas. So they're sort of a whole bunch of problems, but then why did it all explode last week? Well, anyone who lives in the southeast of Australia will know that it was quite cold last week, particularly cold where I live in Melbourne, and then that led to a whole bunch of extra demand for, for heating, including gas heating. And that just sort of, I guess, sort of pushed over the edge into this little mini unfolding crisis in particularly Victoria, but but all across the East Coast. Okay. I mean, I'm sitting in Sydney and I'm shivering, which is not a usual experience here. And certainly we're at the start of winter, so I can't see that easing up at all. What is the response to this? What do you do to stop these rising prices if you're the government? So the good news is sort of described a little bit as a a perfect storm last week. That's not good news, obviously, but it does seem to be passing. And the situation, at least the, the energy market operator, says, you know, this sort of seems to be easing at least this this particular spike. I mentioned earlier that the regulator can cap the prices. The other thing that it can do is kind of take extra measures to make sure that all of the supply that can possibly be used in the national elect- electricity market of gas, all of it is being used. And so there's sort of some provision for the energy market operator to say that some of the gas that might otherwise go to export gets pumped in. Basically, it comes through a big... I was talking to some experts about this this week and they were explaining to me in great detail how how all these pipes work. There's basically a pipe that takes the gas from Queensland to the rest of the energy market and the operator can make sure that as much gas is going through that pipeline as possible. That's been done. Once that's been done, there's kind of not much else. So there's, there's sort of been some calls for the government to use some additional special powers. The Turnbull government gave them in 2017 
was essentially kind of demand that gas stops being exported. That's oversimplifying it, but that's roughly what it does. But the government's pointed out that, I mean, A, there's sort of some some sort of risk in in cancelling contracts like that for, for gas that's already been there to export. We are putting as much gas through that pipeline as possible already and see that there's a bit of a delay in that trigger that it would take about six months to work. And so the government so far has been saying they're not going to take any knee-jerk steps and recognising that there are no short-term problems. And I guess putting the focus on maybe what we'll come to next, which is what you can do about this in the longer term, which is to reduce our reliance on, on gas. You read my mind. I remember during COVID that one of the sentiments of the government was that it was going to be a gas-fired recovery and that the recovery of the economy would really rely on gas. So, A, has there been a shift from the last government to this government and how they think about gas? And B, this government took more ambitious emissions targets to uh, the last election. How does that play into the role of gas in our energy market today? Yeah, that, that gas-led recovery language that you mentioned that the government spoke about during the pandemic was a strange one in the context of this situation where we know that we are running down our reserves of gas. And it's certainly true that the gas we export is giving Australia a lot of money. But we do know that at some point, I mean, because of the climate change um, implications of, of the gas that we use for a number of other reasons, we're going to have to reduce our reliance on gas at some point. Uh, and that the general consensus is that the answer to that is a lot more renewable energy, that renewable energy with the right transmission and storage capacity is a lot more reliable. Uh, our coal infrastructure currently is, which is obviously contributing to part of the problem, and to our gas reserves, which we're starting to wind down and which also have that, that emissions impact. And so we know that for not only climate change reasons, but for reliability reasons, an increased embrace of renewables and that's a take up that's been quite slow due to kind of inactivity by both the federal government and state governments over a long period of time. Um, the general consensus among experts is that no Australian governments have really been taking this issue and the urgency of the transition or preparing to transition away from gas and coal and towards renewables seriously enough. And so that is starting to happen, but it can't happen quickly. There, there are a lot of quite significant changes. And the sense that I got from speaking to experts this week is that one of the reasons it's not an easy fix is that the changes you've got to make to the energy grid to prepare us for renewables to be able to take on a, a bigger and bigger load, which again is sort of to do with how can you kind of store renewable power for when the sun's not shining and all that sort of thing? That's going to take a long time. And that in general, Australia is kind of 10, 15 years behind where it should be in preparing for this. So beginning to think about that challenge and how we can, I suppose, accelerate that transition is a really important challenge for the government. Thanks for listening to this episode of our special TDA summer series. We'll be back to normal programming on the 16th of January. But if you want some more breaking news in the meantime, open your phone and find us on Instagram. It's currently where over 410,000 Australians get their news. And we are on, even though you're on holiday.